Just as a disclaimer, we want you to know that some of the movies that we will be reviewing were shot in a different time and era where people of race and sex were not treated equally. We understand this and hope you do too. The movies or anything that happened on the sets are not the views of this podcast or what this show is intended to be all about. Exactly. And we want to give due diligence in presenting the movie and not the views of the cast or directors or anyone involved. But we also feel it's necessary to let the audience know some of the background information to get a feel for what was happening at the time of shooting the film. Again, we hope you understand that we do not agree with everything that went on and we just want to give out the information. And with that being said, hope you enjoy the show. Invited to my party in the house on Haunted Hill, where so far the ghosts have murdered only seven people. So won't you come and make it eight? You'll see human heads without bodies. Mysterious pools of blood dripping from the ceiling. The walls move slowly in against you. Don't try to escape, you can't. So won't you join me in the house on Haunted Hill? Hurry. Or you'll be late for your own funeral. All right, guys. Welcome back to the Tragedy of Cinema podcast. It's been a while. We've had some crazy stuff happen in our lives, but we're back. And today... We have The House on Haunted Hill. The House on Haunted Hill. I'm your host, Jimbo, and I'm joined by my two co-hosts, Kyle. Yeah. Oh, wait. Oh. <laughs> I'm going first this time because I'm sitting in your chair. That's how it goes. Kyle here, your host, fearless leader, and genuine awesome person who's very humble. <laughs> and the usual tired Terrence. <laughs> so Terrence you guys know what you're tired. Yeah, I'm here again. That's all and Terrence, I guess. Eh, so this is episode 66. Uh, we've been talking about House on Haunted Hill, a great classic movie with Vincent Price. Uh, so Terrence, let's take it away. All right. House on Hunnett Hill, the 1959 version, by the way. <laughs> Please, the better version. Yeah. <laughs> House on Hunnett Hill Superior. <laughs> release date February 17th, 1959. Its runtime is 75 minutes, so you got about an average movie length. Looking at directed by 
William Castle, who's also known for The Lady from Shanghai, which I haven't seen, but I've seen it mentioned a couple times in previous episodes. So I we think. might want to make a mental note of yeah, that. Yeah, 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 to eventually that. cover that movie. Yeah, and six, yeah we'll, we'll get to it. <laughs> exactly, exactly. <laughs> we got writers Rob White, also known for the 1999 version of this movie. Rob, you did. Rob, Rob, Rob. <laughs> I guess he's just trying to keep up with the times and modernize it. Yeah, you know, yeah. But and also, I don't think it change up so then people didn't catch what was gonna actually going to happen right. if you seen the original. Because you're like, oh, I know how this ends. You're like, oh, no, they went full on Supernatural. I, I bet he one. just saw the check. It's like, sure. <laughs> <laughs> that, that makes sense. We got producers William Castle and Rob White. So... It kind of seems like two buddies made this movie. <laughs> it's like you and Kyle making a movie. Hey, let's make this movie. <laughs> yeah, might as well. <laughs> Cinematographer Carl E. Guthrie, also known for The Green Hornet, the 1966 version. Not the Seth Rogen one? <laughs> <laughs> Always with the remakes. You know, it's funny. Like After doing this podcast, I realized that there's we've been doing re- remakes way longer than I thought we have. Uh Right. Yeah. And, and just Hollywood has not original in decades. Con- <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's just everything's a re- everything. All right. Uh, composer, we got Von Dexter, who's uh, also known for Who in the World and composing music for that movie, which came out in 1962. The only thing I can think of right there is Where in the World is Carmen San Diego. We have something new and interesting since uh, there was no box office information. Uh, we have some film locations. Uh, one in particular is Ennis House, the outside, the exterior of the house on Hunnett Hill. Uh, this is located in Los Angeles, California, and there's actually an address. So, as far as I know, the, the house is still there. And you hey, if any of our listeners are there, Terrence, why don't you give them the address and maybe they can snap a picture and put it on our Facebook? Yeah, exactly. be cool so to see. This is at uh, 2607. Glendower Avenue, Los Feliz, Los Angeles, California, USA. Uh, this was also filmed in LA and then Los Feliz, other locations in Los Feliz. Filming dates uh, looks like they filmed from July 22nd, 1958 to September 16th, 1958. So three months of filming. And then afterwards, the probably like, you know, the editing and such, and then came out in february that's a pretty quick turnaround actually mm-hmm. then again there wasn't you know oh we have to spend six months on you know special effects uh digital special effects this was all you know practical effects which you know what it, it was pretty good pretty well I done yeah also. i agree and it's, it's still like a simplistic film in its way so it doesn't have that much post-production to go for it I exactly think, you know? now down there at that bottom note, Terrence, uh, where it says the theme. Yeah, yeah, the theme of uh, House on Haunted Hill by uh, Richard Kane and Richard Loring. Right. So there's that score at the beginning. It originally, it has lyrics to it. Really? So if I can find it, I will put it in at the end of this episode because I'd like to hear it. You know what I mean? But I, right. I, I think I have in my notes what it says, but I, I'd like to try to find the audio so we can actually hear what it sounds instead of me just reading it. You know what I mean? So I think it'd be pretty cool. That'd be awesome. I had no idea that there was lyrics to it. That's why we do this podcast. Learn something new. Every day. Because knowledge is power. <laughs> <laughs> then finally we got the tech specs of Sound Mix Mono, Wester X Recording System. This is a black and white movie. Aspect ratio is 1.85 by 1. Film length. We're looking at 1,957 meters, Netherlands. Negative film format, 35 millimeter. Process spherical. And printed for, for uh, printed format thirty five millimeter. I almost got through with no flubs. 
Not so fast. <laughs> Not so fast. And uh, there are no awards for this at all. I can't even believe, like we were discussing, <laughs> I can't elusive. even believe that there wasn't even the uh, we, we, preserve, we, yeah, uh, preserve the board. National Film Preservation right. Board. Usually we at the very least see that maybe a couple DVD collections and DVD collections. What I'm this getting is, from this is that this is our opportunity to be the first award to be given to House on the Hill. <laughs> we can give it the Tragedy Cinema Podcast Award to the House on the Hill. We, 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 already, got, we, already, we'll in, we already got the awards. We'll be Kyle, you haven't been here that long, but we do have the tragedies. We did. Well, kind of so, like the Dundies. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right, so um, I believe we're ready for the cast now. Yeah, we're ready for the we're cast. for the cast now. Okay, so we're moving on no awards, to the, so just yeah, no awards. So we got to end it here. We have a section. <laughs> we just jump. I'm so out out of my field. It's great. All right, so moving on to the cast of the 1959 House on Haunted Hill. We of course have Vincent Price playing the eccentric millionaire Frederick Lauren. You'll recognize um, Vincent Price from movies like The Great Mouse Detective, The Abominable Doctor Fibs. And the 1956 version of the Ten Commandments. He was also um, in the Michael Jackson thriller video, if you remember. Was wasn't he? he was, yeah, he was. I, 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 yeah. <laughs> I like how you, like how the first thing you said was the Great Mouse Detective. You know what I mean? Instead of the, I know, like the Tingler or anything else that he does. I like the Tingler and Price did. The Great Mouse Detective. You know, I want to shine a light. I didn't on even lesser know. Known I, I didn't even know he was in that. I'm you not gonna lie. The, he was the, he was I don't even know if I've ever seen. He the was the mouse. I don't think I've ever seen the Great Mouse Detective. That's the best. <laughs> no, so we're off to a commanding circle. I do. the actors in history. Great Mouse. greatest movie. Uh, the Great Mouse. It's those thing. ears. Are really. <laughs> I'm going to mention that the next time someone asks, or the next time I see the meme, they're like, uh, I'm going to judge you by what movie you know Vincent, you know Vincent Price. Price from the Great, Great Mouse, Mouse Detective, Detective, man. Best work by far. Proving your film bread right there. <laughs> Some people have any bams, I have the Great Mouse Detective. <laughs> okay, next up we have um, Carol Omar playing Annabella Lauren, the wife of Vincent Price's Frederick Lauren. And um, you'll recognize from her, you might recognize her from films such as The, the Great Mouse Detective. <laughs> Electric Boogaloo. <laughs> Not the Great Mouse Detective. Okay, we have the the, the Scarlet Hour, um, the Mannix television series, and the 1959 film The Scavengers. I don't think I've seen any of those. Never heard of any of those before now. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> um, next up, we have Richard Long playing Lance Schroeder. You re- you could recognize him for his films as the 1946 movie The Stranger. Um, he was in several Twilight Zone episodes, so I have to mention that in the your <laughs> podcast and Jimbo. And then also he was in the film Tokyo After Dark. Next up, we have appearing in our last film, Caroline Craig plays Nora Manning. You might recognize her for such films as Giant, the 1956 film Giant. Um, so the creatively titled film Studs Lonigan. I have no idea what that's about, but it's a great title. (laughs) (laughs) And also the film Northwest Passage. And like I said, that was her last film she appeared in. Yep. Next up, we have Elijah Cook Jr. um, playing Watson Pritchard. He's the the man who had experience with House Haunted Hill before this movie starts. And you'll recognize him for his films as Rosemary's Baby, the, um, the 1956 movie The Killing, and The Big Sleep. Oh, that's a movie after Terrence. The Big Sleep. The Big Sleep. <laughs> it's, it's a documentary about Terrence. <laughs> picture. Um, next up, we have Alan Marshall playing Dr. David Trent. You could recognize him for such films as The Garden of Allah, um, the 1941 film Lydia, and the 1939 version of The Hunchback of Notre Dame. Mm. So, great actor himself. Next up, we have Julia Minchin plays Ruth Bridgers. <laughs> the High. You might recognize her from movies such as The High and the Mighty. Edge of Hell and Hidden Run. 
Next up, we have Liana Anderson playing her last films, uh, playing Miss, Mrs. Slides <laughs> in her last film. Um, you might recognize her for such movies as Johnny Gunman in the 1922 film Ashes. Yeah. And last and uh, possibly least, um, we have Howard Hoffman playing Jonas, and it appears in this is his only film he ever appeared in. You know, it's sad that a lot of these um, are their last films. Are their last yeah. films mm-hmm. that they did? So yeah, also, I like how you say you may know these actors for yeah. none of I'm filmed from a hundred years ago. <laughs> you know, they're from this, but it's coming from the guy that thinks the Great Mouse Detective is been some so well known. So I just, you know, I, I, maybe I'm not like in touch with modern culture. <laughs> but anyways, that is the cast of the Haunted Hill. The good one. Before we get started, I'd like to say that the opening of this was really intriguing to me. Um, I like how the and and part of the reason is you know how it just had the music, and that's where a lot of if you ever had a record or a cassette of Halloween music where it's just like the doors creaking and all that. That's where this came from. Is from the House on the Hill. This is where they got the idea for all that. But you know the opening scene where that guy's like, it's just his head. You know, (laughs) he's like, I was in this house. (laughs) It was awful. Yeah, great. So here we go. Worst Yelp review ever. <laughs> uh, this, the large money that this film made was noticed by none other than Alfred Hitchcock. Uh, this led him to create his own low-budget horror film known as Psycho, Psycho. from 1960, oh. which if you go way back in time to our episode two, me and Terrence covered that, and it was also the first time that we used the trailer at the beginning That's of true. the episode. Um so here, here's what I was saying. The opening scare trick uh, was so effective that it actually started the idea of novelty haunting records. Uh, records of spooky sounds, sound effects, and music that were most commonly used for Halloween, Halloween parties, and makeshift haunted house attractions. Mm-hmm. Um, as uh, you already said, that, that uh, the house of the exterior uh, in Los Feliz was actually designed by Frank Lloyd Wright and built in 1924. It is listed on the National Register of Historic Places, so that's probably still there. Okay, yeah, And then great. somebody yeah, can go by is, and take yeah. that. That was going to be my initial question. I, I, like, I also wonder there? if it appeared in any other movies. Because usually if you have like a pretty much prolific house that something was filmed in, they'll be used in multiple movies, and you never notice until someone points it out to you. Yeah, yeah, definitely. That's something I guess where just like so many of those things get buried by film history. It's like, well, yeah. and not only that, but a lot of things... Uh, uh, sites and stuff are damaged by fires, tornadoes. They Not get destroyed. True, yeah. So, National, especially uh, California, California wildfires. You know, right. yeah, all those kind of things. Uh, fires. You know, the worst that state gets ripped up every every year. <laughs> One thing the, I do. Uh, fire season. Yeah. The ten thousand dollars offered to each of the guests in nineteen fifty nine would be equal to over ninety two thousand in twenty twenty one. Yeah, that's an so. insane amount of money, and uh, oh. like for just one night in a hotel or one night in a <laughs> hotel, in a, yeah, in a castle. Haunted Hill. The Haunted Hill. The house on the hill. What no, words were you thinking? Uh, 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 how could you not be skeptical? Skeptical. That's <laughs> what I was trying to say. As skeptical of the spectacle. As I go through the English lexicon kind of words. Uh, with that much amount of money, be like, yeah, no, we'll give you an insane amount of money if you just stay here one night. Like, okay. It sounds like Third the catch is... immediately figuring, like, I'm Oh, but die. by the way, you could die. <laughs> oh, uh, well, I could die any day. <laughs> well, he did this. give you all a gun, remember? Those coffins? That's true. Are, yeah, 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 yeah. That was pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Um, Elvira. Uh, also known as Cassandra Peterson, uh, once said on Larry King Live in 1985 that this was her favorite horror film. Hmm. Which is a very interesting because she's done a lot of horror movies. I mean, had a lot of experience watching all of horror movies. Right. I mean, it's like, yeah, the expertise so, of it, like to call it her favorite is surprising, actually. And this is another sad, sad statement that the failure of the original copyright holder to renew the film's copyright resulted in it falling into public domain meaning that virtually anyone could duplicate and sell a VHS-DVD copy of the film. 
Therefore, many uh, versions of the film are available on are, that were available on the market are either severely and usually badly edited and or of extremely poor quality, having been duped from second or third generation or more copies of the film. Oh wow! What was the other one that we ran into this problem with, where they failed to do the license? You remember we were talking? I, I can't don't, remember what it was. It, I know it's one of them. Right. Sure, we've done so many. I can't pull that memory out. Um, Alan Marshall, who plays the elegant Englishman among the group, hoping to survive the, a single night in Hill House. Has been a popular supporting actor in 1930s with prominent roles opposite Greta Garbo in Conquest and Charles Lawton in The Hunchback of Notre Dame. Yep. His life sadly ended dramatically when he died on stage playing one of Mae West's multiple husbands during a live performance of her play Sextet. Oh, wow. Man. Can you imagine dying in front of a live audience like Die that? Dying in your love. <laughs> no. Yeah. A live audience, like, that's kind of like a scary thing ever because they wonder, like, is he acting? And then just people keep waiting and waiting and waiting. It's like, no, he really just died. We all just watched the man die, everybody. Yeah, no, we, it just... Uh, like, there's a few I mean, pieces of history. The like court, the did the curtain have to come down? You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, or, yeah. Or just, you know, show must go on type of thing. You yeah, don't know. Yeah, no, yeah, different time, different era. It's weird how to handle that situation. Well, imagine. especially, Kyle, where we used to work, where we used to work, where I still do. When mm. something happens like that, that thing still keeps going. You know what I mean? They just exactly. get them off to the side. Let's go. Get <laughs> yeah, exactly. that line running. Brutal. Yeah. Um, in Capitalism. 2018, the uh, holder of the Allied Artists Libra- uh, uh, Library for Warner Brothers still receives bookings for 35mm release prints of this movie. Wow. So that's still pretty cool. Uh, the skeleton that rises from the vat of acid is a real <laughs> human skeleton. What? Like most movies, it was simply faster and cheaper to buy a real human skeleton <laughs> from a biological supply house than having one created by the special effects department. I, I got that on the trivia alone as well. I just remember, like, you know, I, think, I think the only other film I remember being notable for that was like Poltergeist mm-hmm. when they had the um, all yeah, of the skulls, yeah, yeah. the skeletons yeah. in the pool, and they didn't tell any of the cats that, like, no, those are real dead bodies yeah. in there. <laughs> you know, imagine, what? you know, you're like, oh, yeah, you know, I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a donor. And, like, in your mind, you're like, no, my, my, my body parts when I pass will go to, like, people who need it. And like, oh, what was your body used for after dying? Uh, film. Yeah. <laughs> uh, some of the Emergo equipment still exists and has been resurrected for use during special showings of the film. Sorry, this is random. You think they can credit the bodies? <laughs> That's I, like, I wonder if they did. Ideally, they should. I don't, I don't, I don't think you would have their ID, though. You know, there might be. I, actually, some I looked for that in the cast. I could not find anything about it. So I really did look for it, and <laughs> oh. actually, I haven't found. I haven't. I didn't look this one up, but I haven't heard any kind of like post mortem kind of casting of like Wait, this dead body was performed by this person. I haven't seen that actually. <laughs> right. Uh, so here's here's what I was saying earlier. The popular theme music originally had haunting lyrics by Richard Kane, Kane, Kanye. Not Kanye West, but Kanye. <laughs> Richard Kanye West. Uh, but only the orchestral version <laughs> no, was like, used in the final film. For the record, the lyrics went as follows. There's a house on Haunted Hill where everything's lonely and still, lonely and still, and the ghost of a sigh, when we whispered goodbye, lingers on. And each night gives a heartbroken cry. There's a house on Haunted Hill where love walked. There's a strange, silent chill, strange, silent chill. There are memories that yearn for our hearts to return and a promise we fail to fulfill, but we'll never go back. No, we'll never go back to the house on Haunted Hill. Hmm. Interesting. Uh, Julie Mitchum, sister of Robert Mitchum, was wearing a large Baha, Baha'i ring on the set. The director noticed this and thought it would add a slight bit of mystery to her character, so he arranged one shot with an extreme close-up of the ring. The inscription of the stone uh, is a rare uh, Arabic calligraphy that translates as God is most glorious. Mm, nice. And everyone watching it was like, oh, something awful. Something awful. <laughs> says, definitely. Some hidden history. This will definitely and then tie it's like, to the movie later. No, it just says God's good, guys. Go <laughs> chill. <laughs> 
So the director, this is a director trademark, uh, Castle um, used a gimmick called Emergo, which we said some of it still exists in theaters. This is when the skeleton rises from the acid vat in the film. A lighted plastic skeleton on a wire appeared from a black box next to the screen to swoop over the heads of the audience. The skeleton would then be pulled back into the box um, as the skeleton you know, would swoop over the head and be reeled back in. Many theaters soon stopped using this effect because when the local, local boys heard about it, they would bring slingshots to the theater when the skeleton started its journey. They would pull out their slingshots and fire it at it with stones, BBs, ball bearings, whatever else they could find. That's fantastic. <laughs> I wonder how many of those skeletons are real, too. <laughs> well, did you miss the part where I said plastic skeletons? Oh, plastic this time skeletons. There, details, details. <laughs> uh, Nora, I have a plastic skeleton. Are you <laughs> Nora Manning is the only one to see ghosts throughout the movie. That's true. There's mm-hmm. a total of the body counts two. Uh, David Trent and Annabelle Lauren after they uh, after falling the acid pit. He is off screen when it happens. Uh, they say that the uh, house still looks very modern to this day. Um, it's unexplained. This is something that I wondered too. It's it's unexplained how the rope floats through the window and wraps around Nora's feet and then unwraps itself. It goes back out the window again. Yeah, they really skipped this, over the details. With it that says one. Nora would have seen and felt it. You know, if there was a string attached or something. That's one that I was like. This doesn't make sense. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. That's and then I got another question, which I don't know. Um, since we're on that part of the movie, the wife, what was it, Annabelle? Yeah. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. How'd she get outside if all the doors and windows were locked? How'd she get outside to float like that? I know why. I'm asking you. <laughs> I need <laughs> answers. I it's mean, one that's of those things where like, it's, it, to me it sounds like almost like when the creation of this movie started, like the initial writing, they decided on all these horror scenes, and then it wasn't until the end that they decided on a twist. And it was like you just they didn't retroactively make those make that twist work with those horror. But scenes. what so I'm saying like, is, you know, the house that they were in, yeah, who owned it? Uh, well, it was a uh, it was its own. Like no one in the house owned that house because they were renting it out. Yeah, but here's, but here's something else. Thought, it said that Vincent Price, this character. Had invited all those people. Yeah, but that's and, not his house. But what I'm saying is, but he said that she invited everybody. So, Elijah, and I don't think she would have invited her. She didn't because uh, she made a huge, like she, she had a huge, uh, you know, you know, fit over it. She's like, look, I don't want to hang out with these people. And he's like, well, you wanted a party, and I gave you one. Right, but what I'm saying is. The reason I don't think she did is because she wouldn't have invited her boyfriend or fling to this thing. That too, yeah. You see what I'm saying? So, yeah. there's that. Well, and so, and like I, the initial pause, I understand. Like, Annabella's idea was to suggest to Frederick to host a party, which she then had planned to kill him at, you know, and then uh, Frederick agreed, but then Frederick decided to do his own House on a Hill themed party. And um, Watson Pritchard was the original, like, his family owned that house, and then I believe he went after they died from those murders. Then uh, Watson uh, basically uh, went to that house, knows it, knew, knew it was haunted, and then left it forever. And I think I'm assuming he must have either sold the house or gave it away or something like that. And then later he got invited back by Frederick Lauren, played by Vincent Price, and then the whole ten thousand dollars thing went down. Now here's um, an interesting thought: What if the the remake version is what he really wanted to do? Realized that he was way out of his depth, special effects wise, and then they changed the ending to be like this just murder mystery type of thing. Instead. Like, well, we got a skeleton. Can we do something with that? <laughs> you know, because because you look at it, it does have those those actual haunted aspects, but it's never really capitalized on. Right, but I think also that um, I don't necessarily think that that's the case because I think that. 
with the new special effects that came out that he wanted to keep the movie relevant and by doing that in order to keep up with the times yeah and but uh, when this came out the remake what was 99 98ish somewhere in there maybe oh 99 yeah, yeah. Uh, so you know you got to think of all the other movies that were coming out at that time supernatural movies and all that and he's like hey maybe i can milk this a little Fully bit more lean in on it yeah right mm-hmm. so that's good that's point. true um this another another fun, the, if I'm nitpicking at this movie, here's another thing that I don't understand. Just a couple things. One, um, when the girl, the one girl that's always in the ghost, and she goes down into the cellar, and that guy follows her because he's like, hey, you know, yeah, <laughs> he goes there, you know, and going to a dark cellar. And they, go into that, join you. they go into that one room, right? Mm-hmm. And he's knocking on the wall. And it's like ho- hollow, you know. You go the yeah, other. Yeah, yeah. So she just goes to the other side, right? Or he goes to the other side, or whatever, and then yeah. he gets hit in the head, or whatever. Uh, no, she screams. Remember, she screams. Yeah, mm. and you see that ghost. It just she goes floating across. Yeah, there was only like six feet there. How how come it took that guy so long to get to her? Or didn't see her go yeah. through the door? Because later revealed that that's just an actual person. Later, right? Yeah, it was just it was like <laughs> right. you surely should have saw that woman, <laughs> right? And you know? she screamed, and you're literally right. A door, yeah. a door length. You and know what and I mean? back again, how they never explain it. Like they, she very clearly says that she believes that she was levitating when she was going over there. And right. like, even in the film, like, it's kind of like she's on a track or something like that being right. moved. And so it was one of the things where just like they never explained how <laughs> she did that. Either. Right. Um, that and then uh, another thing is at the very end of the movie when you know they think Vincent Price is dead or whatever, and the skeleton comes out of the vat, you know, and it looks really cool. But then you see him after his. <laughs> And his girl or his wife or whatever standing there like ah and she's frozen and she's oh, walking yeah, backwards yeah, yeah, yeah. and the vats right there you know what I mean so um, but when you see Vincent Price walk around he's got like that big old box around him with all them wires oh, you know yeah. and I'm like how could she not see these wires <laughs> or hear him or yeah yeah any of that which when you're watching on HD you definitely can see the wires even plainly in there maybe uh, maybe maybe we see why I didn't get any awards right. <laughs> <laughs> but it was great acting. No, it was. It was. I enjoyed watching it. I liked it. Yeah, I it's like it's like for the time it definitely worked, and now it's gone to the point where it's it's more campy now and, and it, appreciation. Especially seeing yeah. having you know had watched the the remake first, and then coming back to see this, I can see the parallels to where the remake got its uh, inspiration. Or I shouldn't even say inspiration because the same writer wrote the remake, so I can see he's like, let me take elements from my old film of this and this, and then I'll change it up at this point. Because it does follow the original movie up until, like, I don't know, a quarter way into the movie, and then it just goes full, you know, Yeah, off the ghost, wall. Full, yeah, full offing people. Supernatural. <laughs> let's go for it. Right. You know, let's, let's double down on this. <laughs> so let's, uh, let's go ahead and start with Kyle. Kyle, give us your thoughts on this movie. Yeah, this is an excellent film, but unfortunately, like... like not as great as The Great Mouse Detective, <laughs> but not as good as The Great Mouse Detective. The as, 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 as greatest film movie. ever made from Vincent Price. <laughs> but um, this is a... <laughs> As a younger person, it's it's weird watching this film after watching like Simpsons horror specials or any other like cartoons or movies that pay homage to the house on Hill. Hill. It's weird going going back and seeing the original, and it feels like like I've watched so many parodies that I've already seen this film in spirit, even though I had never saw the original film. So it almost felt redundant and a little boring to me in that way. But I still appreciate it for what it is. It's still an excellent film that was incredibly influential, but not like uh, incredibly enjoyable to watch. Just because like I feel like I I watched all the 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 notes and pitches and all the rhythms go in like Simpsons and Family Guy and whatever else any kind of movie any kind of horror movie just like they've already done this now so everything is like a played out to a degree but I still think it's overall a great film you know what I felt about this film 
is now now given I I don't have any merits and I don't know I'd have to look at other movies and see what their budget was especially like big time releases but this feels like this is the B flick horror movies of the late fifties. <laughs> You know what I mean? Beef like, flick. Like, that's yeah. You know what I mean? Because like it, that's it a backhand to come right there too. <laughs> <laughs> it is dope. I mean, but it, it has those sort of elements that you even see now in sort of like beef like movies, as, as far as like inconsistencies and like more questions than answers and yeah. all this other stuff. But at, at the end, you still enjoy the fact of that. Oh no, it was still a good horror movie despite all of these things. And that's how I feel about this movie is despite all of these things and all these questions and like wait what at the end of the movie. Uh, I enjoyed watching it. It had my attention, you know, beginning to end. Uh, I, a big part of it is, oh, hey, Vincent Price. That, 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 <laughs> that, like, that carried the movie. That definitely sure. is the thing. Is she's like, you know, all the irregularities and, and, and flaws are now endearing to you. Exactly. You, know? like, you exactly. love it all the more for all those reasons. And, and yeah. the, the, just, you know, watching horror movies, you come to just be accustomed to those type of things anyway. I mean, that happens in even some, you know, uh, well-known horror movies. But um, other than that, you know, I, I enjoyed it. If you're a fan of Vincent, Vincent Price, I'd say check it out. Uh, if you're a fan of old horror films, definitely check it out. Uh, outside of those things, unless you're, you know, film buffs like us, you just like to pull random movies and watch them and see if it hits or not, I, I, I'd say it's a pass. That's, that's how I feel about it. But I enjoyed it myself. The, the thing I'm going to start off with right, right away is... If Sir Alfred Hitchcock <laughs> noticed this movie, then I think he noticed we should... it because of the numbers. Yeah, yeah that... but it's because it was a good movie. Because he went, I can take this and do better, and then he did <laughs> by making well, Psycho. <laughs> no, 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 no. Well, so technically, uh, we wouldn't have Psycho if this film probably would have never been made. So you got to take, true. you know, remember where it came from. Uh, Vincent Price. I love his voice. Mm-hmm. Um, I could yeah. I could have him narrate my life, you know, and and it'd be a horror though. So yeah, exactly, he's David Morgan Freeman. <laughs> <laughs> um, but excellent acting from him. I thought um, a lot of the characters did a, a lot of great acting in this movie. Uh, like I said, those little inconsistencies about how this happened and this happened, how that happened. I still have questions, but then again, part of me was like. Well, is this part of it? They want you to think that it is. There's a ghost there too, yeah. so I could see it either way. Uh, but then when you see her come off the uh, pulley system, you know, and unstrap yeah. it and all that, you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, you know, leaves a little bit to the imagination. Then again, it could be it was going one direction. They decide to go another direction because of the budgeting uh, timing. Because if you looked, it was only what a month of filming or something. I think no, it had, was. Or it two was months. about three months of filming. Right. So I mean, you don't know what the budget and everything. Yeah. How it did. So. Yeah. But all in all, I enjoyed it. Uh, it's probably one of my favorite Vincent Price films. That uh, the Tingler, uh, the Abominable Doctor Fibes. Yeah, not, not the Great Mouse it's, Detective. It's, it's, it's no Great Mouse Detective, guys. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, next but, week. <laughs> but next week we are going to be doing a fan pick, um, and this has been a long time. I mean, it's probably been a year since he requested this. We are going to be doing um, sorry <laughs> for Patrick Sheehan. We are going to be doing Captain Blood, the 1935 outstanding black and white film. With Earl Flynn and Olivia de Havilland. What a treat. Um, great. It was a shocker that it was really as good as it was. Oh, or yeah. truly. Um, if you can shock Kyle and that it was a good movie, then it's... Possibly st- hair standing well, up. Well, then again, shocked. he thinks The Great Mouse Detective is a great movie. So <laughs> we'll see. That's the we ever made that I've never seen. <laughs> well, I think this episode's coming to a close. I think that's a wrap on this episode. And, and cut. cut.